Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this week's episode about the book, The 5am Club. Keep listening to find out why this is the worst book I have ever read, but why there's still some good ideas in there. I'm your host, Steph Clark, and each week I share with you the three big ideas from the best non-fiction books, and look, sometimes it's some of the non-best non-fiction books that I have been reading, and doing the reading so you don't have to. This is the first fresh episode for a couple of weeks, as I've had a couple of weeks off of recording new episodes, so I'm feeling refreshed, and I thought I would come back with a bang with this one, The 5am Club. If you already subscribe to my newsletter, The Bookmark, you might remember probably back end of last year, I shared shared a review of this book. And it was, you know, it wasn't particularly complimentary because I think the book is terrible if you haven't already picked that information up. I'll be talking a little bit more about why I thought that at the end of this episode. But yes, you will already probably know if you, like I said, if you already subscribed to my newsletter. And if you don't, you can subscribe using the link at the top of the show notes. But I think it's sometimes a bit too easy to dismiss a whole body of work or a whole person or a whole particular, I don't know, organization without necessarily thinking about or digging into what might be useful in there, even if we don't agree with all of it. Now, of course, there are some exceptions for that, which are beyond reprise, but I think this is not one of those examples. Anyway, let's get into the three big ideas that I did take from the book, The 5am Club by Robin Sharma. It's a book and an author you may have heard of, but if not, let me give you a little bit of an overview before we go into the big ideas. Robin Sharma is a globally respected humanitarian who for over a quarter of a century has been devoted to helping human beings realize their native gifts. Widely considered one of the top leadership and personal personal mastery experts and speakers in the world, his clients include NASA, Microsoft, Nike, Unilever, General Electric, FedEx, HP, Starbucks, Oracle, Yale University, PwC, IBM Watson, and the Young Presidents Organization. As a presenter, Robin Sharma possesses the rare ability to electrify an audience while delivering uncommonly original and tactical insights that lead to individuals doing their best work, teams providing superb results, and organizations becoming unbeatable. His number one international bestsellers, such as The 5am Club, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, and Who Will Cry When You Die, have, which I just, I love that title, have sold millions of copies in over 92 languages and dialects, making him one of the most widely read authors in the world. A very little excerpt about the book, or a little blurb about the book. The 5am Club is Robin Sharma's masterwork blending his original insights into legendary leadership, uncommon creativity, and exponential productivity with battle-tested tools to help you produce work that allows you to dominate in your field while living a life that inspires the world. Both of those little excerpts were taken from Robin's website, robinsharma.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you want to go and find out more. All right, let's get into the three big ideas from the book, The 5am Club by Robin Sharma. Big idea number one, incremental changes for big results. Ultimately, this is a book about small change, or one small change in particular, getting up early, being the catalyst for numerous other changes and benefits and positive results in your life. It's also a bit of a nod to the compound effect, which if you've read anything else on habit building, James Clear's books or BJ Fogg's books, you'll know that the compound effect to good habits is, well, and also negative habits is significant. 
And the 5am club talks about the fact that it can be really small changes. There's a quote in the book that says the smallest of implementations is always worth more than the grandest of intentions, which reminds me of this idea of the imperfect execution of something is better than the perfect plan, but no execution. The important point here is that you have to start and you have to accept a level of discomfort. And there's several points throughout the book where he talks about the fact that the the discomfort we face when trying to implement a new change into our life, be it a new habit or a maybe a way of doing things, that we we, we need to get used to that discomfort. And you know, lots of the old trite things in there around the change or the the, the magic happens at the end of your comfort zone and stuff like that that you will find in this book. And as you'll see in the next big idea, there is a number of small changes that are suggested in the book and all revolves around this this idea of getting up early, getting up at 5am being the, the start of that. So that's big idea number one, incremental changes for big results. Big idea number two is 20-20-20. Really, this is the main method or the main thing in the book. Yes, it's it's a list of things to do at a certain time of the day, which I'll talk about very, very shortly. But it's more about the discipline and the discipline of constantly, consistently doing this particular habit or having these particular habits. The three elements of 20-20-20 is 20 minutes to move, 20 minutes to reflect and 20 minutes to grow. And the idea that these happen between the hours of 5am and 6am. So in the little formula in the book, they talk about, or Robin talks about pocket one, which is the first 20 minutes, this is move. So you've got to get some exercise in, get a bit sweaty, hydrate, do some good breathing while you're doing that in order to cleanse your cortisol that is piled up first thing in the morning, increase your serotonin and get your dopamine moving through your body as well. And obviously the benefits of that is you have more focus and productivity, you feel a bit better and you generally have a bit more energy by getting in and getting out and getting some exercise first thing. The second pocket or the second 20 minutes between 5.20 and 5.40 is for reflection. It's for whatever that looks like for you, journaling, meditating, maybe some some contemplation. Maybe it's even going for a, sm- a small walk in order to do that. It doesn't have to necessarily be sat stationary to do it. The reasons why would be to bring a bit more attention, a bit more awareness to your day, maybe a bit of intention to your day and maybe benefit from some of the ideas around gratitude and using this as a good point for doing some gratitude reflection. The third pocket between 5.40 and 6am is your grow 20 minutes. So this is potentially reading some books, consuming a podcast, studying something. If you are doing a course at the moment, maybe this is time to practice something in your particular field of expertise or something you're looking to, to, to develop in. And the reason to do this is to obviously, you know, I mean, it kind of goes without saying, increase your competence, increase your knowledge, master some change potentially, and generally build your skills. So it's easy to see that these are all good things to do and doing them at a quiet, undistracted time of the day with a disciplined routine to do them, I think is the really the, the main idea here. Whether the 20 minutes for each of those works best for you, maybe you want to do an hour of a workout at 5am, I think 20 minutes for me, yes, it's, it's that small amount to, to get started, but I think 20 minutes personally, I don't think would be enough and I might want to do a little bit more, but really it's the, it's the, the concept and the idea. I kind of see this as your minimum effective dose rather than necessarily, this is all you have to do, but it's a great start and it's a great way to probably stick to it too. 
Similarly, these are all things that might fall by the wayside. And we all know, I know you know, I certainly know that these are three things that if we wait until later in the day to do them, we'll either talk ourselves out of them, we might forget to do them, not, might not get round to them, or just the day will get away from us and we'll realize suddenly it's 9 p.m., we're getting into bed and we've not done any of these things and we haven't done maybe for a few days. So that's the 20-20-20 framework or the, and big idea number two, which is move, reflect and grow first thing in the morning. Big idea number three is to own your story. This flows in a few different places throughout the book rather than it necessarily being one standalone chapter or idea. But there's this overall idea of not letting an imperfect past ruin your, your future or your fantastic future you could have. The 20-20-20 idea that I talked about in big idea number two is, is much about carving out a fully controlled 60 minutes of the day to build your healthy habits as habits themselves. And the idea that people who do extraordinary things aren't different, they just act differently and have better habits generally and better systems. But if you tell yourself that you can't or you won't, etc., then likely that will become the case and that will become true. And it's an inside game. We need to own our story be the authors of that particular story or that book that we are we are creating through our lives and not let what has happened previously influence what happens next. So that's big idea number three, own your story. So again, three big ideas from the book, The 5am Club by Robin Sharma. Big idea number one, incremental changes for big results. Big idea number two, 20, 20, 20 or move, reflect and grow first thing in the morning. And big idea number three, own your story. Now, I promised I was gonna let you know why I did not like this book. First things first, the biggest problem with it is it is a fable. And if you've listened to this podcast for a little while or read my newsletters, you'll know I really hate a fable. If you've heard me talking about Patrick Lencioni's book, he writes a lot of business fables. I just, I cannot bear them. I think they're contrived and fake and have so little connection to reality that it's, it's just very off-putting. In this particular fable for the 5am club, there is an artist and, on, and an entrepreneur who go to see some, he's called the Spellbinder. Ugh, I mean, that, that in itself is enough to put me off. But anyway, they go to see this guru talk on a stage at a conference. And in this time, come across this guy who they think is a homeless man. He's re referred to in the book as a homeless man. And they end up going off on his private jet because he turns out to be an eccentric billionaire who just turns up at conferences sometimes to take people away in his private jet. It's all pretty weird. And they end up having going all around the world with him and he teaches them the, the rules of life and the way to a more successful life, a happier life, etc. Now, now if that is not enough to put you off, the, the book itself in terms of the writing, it is adjectives and adverbs hell, which makes me laugh because in Stephen King's book on writing, he says the, the road to hell is paved with adverbs. This book is full of the things, adverbs and adjectives all over the place and really cringy descriptions. Like it's the sort of thing that your really embarrassing uncle might write in an attempt to sound cool. So he gives the this eccentric billionaire, who I always imagined as Richard Branson, by the way, just when you when you kind of make up in your mind what the people look like. The artist in the book I always imagined as the comic book guy from The Simpsons and the eccentric billionaire I always imagined as Richard Branson. Anyway, there we go. That's something fun for you to know. The the eccentric billionaire always starts every sentence with anywho and then he does these little dances all the time. He suddenly will make a whistle and some doves will appear. It's just, uh, it's there's just nothing in there that is 
in any way realistic, but to the point that it's distracting. This is why. And just some of the descriptions of how fit the eccentric billionaire is, even though he's older. I don't, I don't know if it really says how old he is, but I'd imagine he's in his kind of 70s or so. Maybe that's just because I imagine him as Richard Branson, though. I don't know. But anyway, it talks about how he, he scratches his chiseled abs through his T-shirt. And I just think, like, there's, there's just no need for this stuff, some of this description. And in terms of then the inspiration part, like, yes, there's some, clearly there are some quite good or positive, very all very well and good messages in there, which I've shared in the big ideas. But it's just the, it's not even shoehorning of inspiration into every nook and cranny. It's it's sledgehammering. <laughs> it is every time they pick up a glass of water, there'll be an inscription at the bottom of the glass that says, live, laugh, love, or some terrible, trite example of a motivational quote. Or they'll go to the beach and they'll be walking along the beach and then the eccentric billionaire will will write something in a stick with a stick in the sand to say some other really over-the-top motivational quote as well and he'll turn up with a t-shirt wearing a motivational quote and they'll go to the bar and on the beer mat there is a motivational quote and it's just it's all over the place and there's just there's no real need for it and it's it's just a lot it's a lot I think is is, (laughs) I think this book if I was going to sum up is just it's a lot and this is why maybe I'm just not the audience for it I just found it incredibly painful reading and unlike Lencioni's books that have got incredibly solid foundations of ideas in there and helpfully Lencioni's books have the fable at the front and then at the back you can actually skip all of the fable because at the back it's got the the actual models and the ideas and everything set out in a really sensible way unfortunately this book is not that it is a fable all the way through so you do if you're going to get any of the ideas from it you have to sit through or read through the fable Now, all of this said, I did actually try this for a period of time. So I read this probably coming on for a year ago and I put the 2020-20 into practice because I thought, you know what, I almost, I hate this book so much. I feel like I need to get something out of it and I need to actually try this particular methodology or or system. I'm I'm an early morning person anyway and I did quite like it. I found that the 20 minutes for each thing didn't really didn't really work for me in some ways just the the actual time slots were a bit too short I thought for some stuff particularly the exercise one but that said it was a nice way to actually do some movement and then go back and do my proper exercise later and it was a good way of forcing me to not pick up my phone for that first hour and enjoy a bit of quiet time and make sure I had already got into my day some journaling and some reading without any other distractions. So with that in mind, I recommend that particular idea. And the other thing I found is that because I tried this during a hard lockdown last year, I found that getting up early was a bit harder than normal. I was finding that getting up early was a bit harder than normal because there was nothing really to get up for. I wasn't going anywhere. I was just working at home. So this actually gave me a framework to get up and do straight away rather than getting up and then just sort of sitting on the the sofa or something and being like, oh, well, I'm up. But what really is the point of being up if you're not really doing anything to make the most of that? So that is something I would say on the actual method itself. If I did not have this podcast, I 100% would not have finished reading this book because I did not enjoy it in the slightest. But for you, my friend, I did finish it. So I read it so you don't have to. If you are intrigued by it, if this sounds completely up up your street, please do go and read it. You may learn something. You might love it. And I realise this is all my opinion, my preference. And like I said, maybe I'm just not the audience for this type of book or this type of style. So there we go. A review and the three big ideas. 
I know I normally try and keep these episodes a bit more neutral and they are more the big ideas rather than necessarily a review, but I could not help myself with this one. I couldn't let people go into this unwarned if they were going to pick this book up as well. So anyway, if you've read this book, I would love to hear from you. Am I completely wrong? Did you love it? Was it the most life-changing book you ever read? Conversely, have you read it and you're like, Steph, you're spot on. This book was terrible. Please let me know as well. I'd love to hear from you. Contact details, as usual, are in the show notes. I'm going to go and have a lie down after this conversation. <laughs> I need to just go and have a little, little breathe. Anyway, I'll be back next week with a book that I enjoyed. Don't worry. And until next time, happy reading.